0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. We got to hurry up. This is Knife Talk. (laughs) We're having nothing but problems today. My name's Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Knife Talk is is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, wherever you are, However you are, we are with you. Unfortunately, (laughs) you're sounding stressed, Jeff.
1: Just chill out. We'll be okay.
0: We'll be okay. (laughs) Oh, we've had nothing but problems this time, but we're here. Unfortunately, Mareko is not here, but that's the way it is. Me and Craig,
1: not through lack of trying. Mareko's there, shaking his computer at the moment. Um, Yeah, definitely not through lack of trying. Unfortunately, just technical issues. They happen.
0: I think he th- probably picked it up and started. Sh- you can tell that that, like, Samoan blood was flowing to that head. And it, was, it was just like <laughs> that nose was kind of coming in and the eyeballs were getting. He was, he was about to punch his computer through the roof. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Fucking computers, eh? Hey. Eh? But anyway, we are here. We have got a show for you. Um, so Jeff's here, a year older than usual yeah 64 people some people were led uh, to believe yeah thanks for that which by the i way. found particularly yeah. funny so if if anybody didn't see it i put up on the knife talk instagram happy 64th to jeff and it was amazing to see the replies we had people saying 64 wow he looks good for 64 what's his secret
0: yeah yeah i'm like the liver king <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm like the fucking i eat fucking liver and i'm I'm shooting myself i got i'm eating liver and testicles <laughs> And I'm shooting my ass up with steroids. Yeah. That's what well, I-
1: well, here's the thing, Jeff. We won't reveal your real age, but I've got, I've got something right. here called agetest.com. Okay. 24 rapid-fire questions, and it'll then tell us how old you should be. Uh,
0: so i got to answer these You've got to answer these quickly. Okay. okay. Okay, you ready?
1: I'm on it. All the time. Um, are you a realistic person? Yes, no, or sometimes? Yes. What is your favorite food? Salads, soup, burgers, chocolate, or steak?
0: Steak. Okay.
1: Do you have a high tolerance level? Yes, no, sometimes. Yes. How often do you cry? Every day, once a week, once a month, only when I wank.
0: (laughs) Only when I wank. That's
1: not really one. No. It's every day. The answer is never. The answer is never. never. Okay. (laughs) What's your favorite part of the day? Morning, midday, afternoon, evening, night.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Now it's night. Night, okay. I want to go We're to, gonna come back. We're gonna come back to these. We're going to come back to these because
1: rushing through these, 24 of these will be terrible. We'll pepper the show with a few of these. And by the end All of the right. show, we'll have your, your real age. Your real age. Right. Right. Yes.
0: I feel good, by the way. This has been a good year for us. And, and uh, I feel this. I mean, I, just to let you know, regardless of however old you think I am, I was able to fit in my my uh, my wedding suit. <laughs> That with room to spare from when I was 27. So I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I could fit in with. I'm in better shape now than when I was when I got. Well, you know what?
1: When I was looking for a photo of you to put up to say happy birthday. I was looking through older photos, which Google was was spitting. I was like, "Who is this fat fuck?" That's not the Jeff I know
0: yeah. these days. Was not a good look. <laughs> there was a, in the Epicurious video. I was for sure like stressed and really just not in shape. I I really needed like a couple months before that to get squared <laughs> away. But there were some dudes who wrote in the comments that if I wanted to lose my double chin, I should have shaved under my neck. <sighs> if I hadn't shaved, if I had shaved under my neck, it wouldn't have looked as Yeah, we see all those fuckers
1: with that really badly shaved line at the bottom of it. We know what they're doing. We still see that chin.
0: Well, P.S. Now, just to let you know, since I lost weight over, you know, the past year and a half or something like that, like, the puffiness of my face, the fatness of my face was hiding all the wrinkles. So (laughs) now, like, I look twice as old because (laughs) the eye bags I have under my eyes weren't filled with fat. So...
1: I'm sure you're healthier yeah. for it, though. That's the main thing. That's the main thing, isn't it?
0: Uh, well, we'll see.
1: Yeah. How are you? How is your I'm week? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. week's been good. It's been cold. It's gone proper cold. like minus four, it's been... And we, we're having builders in, so the door's always open, and they're, they're smoking outside the door. And it's just like, oh, it's just horrible, having people in the house. You don't want to be here. But um, it's all good. We're just getting stuff ready for We've got people over for Christmas, so we're getting a few things done and that kind of thing. So.
0: No, it's good. Are you... Is Christmas a a business time for you or are you past those days? You're doing mostly kind of customs for restaurants. Exactly, yeah.
1: So it doesn't really get busier for Christmas for me. Um, If anything, it'll slow down because restaurants are generally busy and they haven't got the time to be dealing with stuff like this. Uh, But we find New Year, that's when it gets super busy. They're all back and they're all sort of pumped up, ready, you know, to impress for the next year. So New Year tends to be really busy. Um, But, yeah, so it's – you know, business as usual here for Christmas. We, I, t- I take a week off. Um, we've got family over. My wife takes a week off as well. So it's it, really looking forward to this one because we're, we go skiing the day after Christmas as well. The kids have never been before. So yeah, lots going on. So it's going to be a good one. Look at
0: you. Yeah. Well, this is the first year I've actually had inventory. Mm. And it's been the crazy part is this has been the first year where I've been, go- I don't, you just go to the post office on my Fridays. I've been going every day. Wow, with, wow. Like, and, and I've actually changed the way I do sharpening. It used to be when I'd sharpen my knives, I had to have the shop closed. I couldn't listen to any music. I couldn't have anybody visiting. I was so nervous. Mm. And I changed my my sharpening system. I'm back to the Tormek. I'm back to the Tormek. Are you using the, the and...
1: jig on the Tormek or literally
0: just, no. just your hand? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not using the yeah. jig because the I, I i used to hate it because i was using the jig yeah, but the problem my, is yeah. is if you use the the problem is if you use the the jig is great if everything is if everything is exact 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 so there's it, it's hard to like do any kind of like you know uh it's hard to use the jig if it's not like razor exact you know mm-hmm. if there's any any inconsistencies you can't kind of like freehand a problem yeah. like if one part's getting too thin you can't really. It's hard to do yeah. it. So I stopped using the jig, and I'm having such a better reaction with it. And actually, what I've done is I've set my uh, contact wheel up on my Broadback, and I, I have been going back and forth between the Tormac and then just kind of a you know touch up with the 800 on the Tormac, mm-hmm. with the uh, not the Tormac with the Broadback with the contact wheel because it's the the wheels are the same size. Ah, okay. So I'm getting the same. I'm getting like a very similar response and it's been like fast and I've been more comfortable and it's that slowness doesn't take as much material away yeah. and I've been getting really great results and I got a guy here and I got David's here so I can't just like tell him to leave <laughs> I yeah. kinda, you know so I've been having really really good responses however I will tell you I was listening to Howard Stern and I was sharpening and I fucked up a knife because he was talking about prostate cancer, <laughs> which is always funny, he's, eh? Well, here's the funny <laughs> part. He's the funny part. He he goes. He's talking to Robin, his his co-host for forty years, yeah. and who's a nurse. And he's been talking about you know prostate stuff and dicks and balls. His co-host and all that is stuff. a nurse. Surely well, she pays. was a nurse. Oh, I was going to say. No, no, she was a nurse. No, she was a nurse in the army forty years. Okay. Ago or okay. Like yeah. But she's a, she is well, very well aware of medical stuff, so they're talking and I'm and I'm sharpening and sharpening and sharpening. And he goes, "Robin, did you know that the prostate is part of the asshole?" <laughs> and, I, and I, I fucking, I I started laughing so hard I had to stop. I just turned off the music. I had to fix a problem. I was just like, "God damn it!" He's like, "Did you know the prostate's part of your asshole?" <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, it was so funny.
1: I- very good, uh, very good. Go. But I found the I same can't. actually with, with a I was, I was, I've been using it for for years and using that jig, but taking that jig off and doing it by hand, it's just so much easier and quicker. Right. I was finding what I was happening, I was getting this sort of roll when you get sort of towards the tip. I was getting this weird sort of roll where it would take off a little bit more and it just didn't look right. right. But right before the zip exactly, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah taking off that uh, that thing, you can you can handle it a little bit better, yeah, definitely.
0: I was I was I one of the things about the Tormek that I didn't realize, and I never used. I used the and this is not obviously not an ad for Tormek, but I did use the the truing tool. Yes. Yeah. Where you can that true thing the is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You can true the wheel, and it really made a huge difference. But it really, it doesn't. It is a fucking good as far as electric sharpeners go. That's the only one worth it. Yeah,
1: I no, I agree. I agree. I've, I, I've used mine for years. I've got like a two, and I use them. Yeah, use them a lot. So, yeah.
0: And I know that. I know. I mean, that's what. uh tomer uses and doghouse forge uses a lot of guys use right. it. i think it's a really great system i do i'm starting to use it more and more the past year i've been using it more and more and i've been getting really good results yeah so. yeah
1: have you got the the like the, the japanese white wheel as well
0: no i only have the two wheels and then what i'll do is i'll put on an 800 grit belt mm. real slow at the end right okay and yeah. then i'll kind of just fine tune, fine tune the edge with the 800 grit and then I do like the the leather the leather wheel yeah with the compound so I'll yeah. load the leather wheel up and I'll use the leather wheel I don't use the buffing wheel anymore because I feel like it takes off too much wire yeah, edge yeah. so I'll do the I'll do the and now the other thing is and this is knife making too is I've been trying to change the way I finish knives so I used to do uh, the handles every every stage like if I do ten of them I'll do ten of them every stage. Yeah. But with the handles now, I'm starting to do them one at a time because I'm loading up four grinders with four different <laughs> four different belts. Right. Yeah, so you have, it's like
1: you haven't got to change out. You can just you go from one station to the next.
0: It's like yeah. it, Jonathan Porter did that. He did a video back in the day where he goes from one he's he's dancing going from one grind to the next. And I said I will do that one day, and I just did it, and it's like all of a sudden your life changes. Yeah. It's like it's like when you have a right angle grinder. And instead of in just deciding because right angle grinders are so cheap, why should I have to change out all these wheels? Why don't I just get one right angle grinder mm. for the cutoff wheel, one for the disc sander, one for the for the wire wheel? And it's changed everything. Yeah. You don't have to change out belts and yeah. stuff. It's the faster, drill presses it's the same the same principle applies. Same thing with the yeah, drill yeah. presses. Yeah. More one is none and none is no. You do two is one and one is yeah. none. As they say. I bet that's great
1: for handles though because when you're doing a batch. They're never they're obviously they're never identical. You try to make them as identical as possible, but they never are. And you've always got that one in the batch or something. You've got to I like, gotta remember that on that one, I gotta remember that on that one. But if you're doing it from start to finish, you know you you know you've got it, you know? Makes sense. Well,
0: it I've done so many where like I'll have one grinder with the platen and then the rest of them slack belts. Yeah. And then now and, and it's it's it the whole thing has changed the way i, I think about making them cuz sometimes you know for batches and stuff like that it is good to like do every stage the same but it's like if i'm doing 10 of them or 5 of them mm. you just just get one done and the other thing is is cuz i got i have david waiting like i can't just like have him sit around waiting for me to finish all 10 yeah. of them at the same time yeah. like i have to change the way i work in order to keep the the workflow going in the shop. Yeah, makes sense. It's changed the way... Having David here has is, is been great because it makes me think about better ways in which to work. So not only am I keeping myself busy, but I'm making sure that he's busy. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Hey,
1: Jeff, how often do you get angry? Often, sometimes, or never?
0: Never. Never, okay, and one more. Uh, do you have... Yeah, let's go with that. Do you
1: have friends older than you? Yes, many, a few, or none.
0: Yes. Many? Um or a few? Yeah, many, many, many. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back to that. Actually, okay. the, the next yeah. one
1: we won't, because uh, I'll answer this one for you. Do you like to get up early in the morning? Yes or no? That's a fucking yes.
0: <laughs> I, lo- I don't like to, <laughs> but, but do. I do. So let's just say yes. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you what. We're going to do the next yes. one as well, because I'm, I'm curious. Do you care about your style and your image? Yes, no, or sometimes?
0: Fucking that's... A- the answer is... I have to say yes, but the answer should be no. Yeah. But I have to. say Everybody yes. does. Okay, and I have a question for you. Okay, do it. What's your favorite heat treating oven?
1: Ah, uh, well, I've only I've only used the one brand because I've got it and I stuck with it because it's the fucking best. You know what it is. Knife totally. Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat because that will take you to Soul ceramics they are distributors of even heats um they've got some built they're ready to go you get 75 dollars off and free shipping in the us so i've got that link down in the description um but on a serious note yeah even heats because they just do the job you know that i've never had a problem with with my even heat and i've been using it now for what six years six seven years um Never had a single single problem, and that thing has moved like through multiple through three different shops now with me as well, you know. And being that sort of weight and so on, you know, moving it around, you'd expect something to go a bit a bit wrong. But as good as the day I had it, so yeah, even yeah. heat all the way, all the time, all the way. Shall we do some questions?
0: Well, here's what I thought we could do. Now Marek is on here, so obviously we're gonna have to like play it a little bit different. But we have listener feedback too. Hmm. We have no tough dilemmas. But I figured if we get through, and I have a new bit that I want to start to get the listeners ready for, for the new year. That's important. Yeah. But if I figured if you and I get enough knife talking done... We can fuck around with weird news. I have a weird news that I th- I figured we could talk about at the We've end. We've
1: started strong. We were straight on knives today. Straight on it. I know.
0: Maybe you know. Just let's give us the last half an hour. We'll, we'll fuck around okay. and do weird news because I get some funny stories. I want you to. I want to make you laugh. Okay.
1: Let's have a look then. Again, yeah. We to have to filter some of these out because they're obviously specifically for echo Yeah, out... I, I kind <laughs> I mean, of plug you them don't, in you know for what him. we're
0: doing. It turns
1: out. But uh...
0: well, I mean, you know, I, that's the thing. It's like the three of us have different voices yeah. and what i try to do is when i put the questions in i try to think oh this one's good for mereco maybe we'll start off with that one then i you know obviously don't want to do 10 for one of us mm. so i try to like even them all out so yeah
1: okay i've got one here j mod knives uh what's up guys if you're using wet stones to get your final edge does it matter what kind of stones you use what's the difference between the cheap ones and the ones that are 50 dollars a stone um, also any recommendations affordable nice whetstones uh thanks for always uh keeping me entertained in the shop um are you using any whetstones at all jeff or have you
0: i have bought whetstones and uh, the whetstones i bought were when i was in culinary school and they just told me to get a kit that came with the whetstones right okay i've always had i've always had i've never really bought expensive ones i know you can get natural ones yeah and I know that uh, Mert Tansu has like all these like super duper expensive natural ones and stuff like that, but I don't really, I don't really know from. that. Yeah,
1: I've only had one set that I think, I think the brand is King, I think, King, King Whetstones. Um, weren't too expensive, but again, going back to the, it sounds as if we're, we're promoting Tomex here, but that we're not, but um but yeah, so I use that rather than rather than the whetstone. But with um, regards to cheap ones and more expensive ones, I would imagine there's a certain sort of hardness, and I'd imagine cheaper ones may wear away easier. I don't know. Um, yeah,
0: I would think it's some of it's really based on the real measurement of the grit, like. Some of them are. I would. I would imagine that they're like poured. Mm. But they're. They're. They're not like. You know these two tone ones. These two sided yes, ones are yeah, mined. Yeah. Yeah. You know they're. they're <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, we they're, found they're, this naturally. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's what that's what a lot of guys have is that. I mean remember old Kasumi Kev, mm. he had those natural stones and it was like for that super duper like mirror polish. You know crazy crazy stuff. I mean obviously you can go up to ten thousand grit and. Beyond, mm, Yeah. And, and, you know, I even, I saw, uh, Jerry Fisk use what he does. And a lot of these, uh, guys do is they'll roll the window down of a window of a car and they'll, they'll use the top of the window. And apparently the, the, the edge of your top of your window has enough abrasives for, for sharpening too. You see these people using the undersides of their ceramic plates mm, as well. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, mm,
1: it's the unknown. Then I think, isn't it? That's the that's the thing. <clears throat>
0: I'm terrible with whetstones, and the only reason why is because like I always end up dishing them out or something like that. Yeah, I really like you know. I have one that looks like a, I mean, it looks like a looks like someone sat their balls on it. Then, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a fucking dip. And someone sat on it uh, or something.
1: It looks cool though, seeing people using them. Well, it looks as if well, that could be quite a relaxing thing to do, you know. But. Um... In reality, when you've got orders on the go, you, know, you haven't got the time to be doing that. But uh. well,
0: some people do. I know Steve Pellegrino; he uses, he finishes with whetstone. Yeah. I know that moreco does too. I mean, that idea, those last finishing strokes, I, com- I completely understand. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. But I think that the mo- I think that whetstones are dynamite for fixing up your knife. Mm. I'm not 100 percent sure if you're a custom knife maker, if they're unless you're making super duper expensive knives. I don't know. We actually—I don't know. Maybe we should get a sharpening guy on one day. We get him on with the accountant. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, accounts and whetstones—that'd be a—that'd be an episode. Hmm.
0: Do you want to take Joe's? Sure. Joe Cunningham says, "Here's a question: If you're building your shop equipment from scratch and you're working on a budget, would you consider spending a bit more to buy an even heat instead of a forge, knowing that you will be forging Damascus, even though it might not be as efficient?" Could you essentially forge out of an even heat? While the cost of the forge may uh, be lower, the advantages of an even heat clearly outweigh a forge. It's apples and oranges. Yeah, I mean forging out of an
1: even heat. I mean that's not what they're for. Um, I can't imagine
0: you could, you know, the, efficiently. The, the hardest part is going to be like I can imagine you could use if you needed to hold if you need to hold your steel at a specific temperature mm. one time perfect i mean that's a good idea you could probably if you needed to set a i, I don't know if you could set a weld with an even heat but the problem is is, is there is the second heat yeah it will gonna take you forever exactly yeah like the first one you know if you need to get up to 1500 degrees it's going to take you let's just say let's just say it's probably going to take about 45 minutes or an hour mm. depending on what kind of Electrical, you're using. yeah,
1: and in this this fuel crisis which we're all facing, I, I think the cost would massively outweigh um, a forge. So as much as we're huge fans of even heats, it's not really for forging. You know.
0: Well, what would you? Let's just do a pause, a pro and con of forge versus even heat uh, and in, in forge and kiln. What would be the benefits? Why would you pick? Because this is something that a lot of people have. Yeah, like. What should I get? Should I get a forge or should I get a kill?
1: When I started, I started with just a really shitty. They're called devil forges. Um, they're cheap. They got two burners on them. They're they're open both ends. There's no back. There's you know it's not fully sealed in any way. Um, and that was I don't know what equivalent to sort of two hundred dollars I'd imagine. Um, and I was doing heat treats from them because I wasn't forging knives. It was still right. flat stock. Um, but I was doing heat treats in them. And the problem is you just have – it's just a crapshoot. You don't really know. Um, And, yes, then having an even heat, the difference was was just huge. And, you know, I'm lucky enough now to have a tester as well. Um, And I've still got drawers full of old knives, which which I've done using the forge. And there's just no consistency there. You know, so I wouldn't be happy now selling a knife that which I'd heat treated from my forge. Um, Not to say that some people aren't doing amazing things that way; they, they, they definitely are. Um, But it just takes the guessing out for me. So it was, yeah, it's just definitely worth getting an even heat as as early as you can.
0: For me. I got my first even heat because I really, I was having my, my, I was doing stainless. I got the opportunity to do stainless. In the beginning, I didn't, I couldn't do stainless. And uh, Kyle Daly was heat treating the stainless for me. And um, I wanted to be doing it myself. Hmm. And it was very much along the lines of like, you know, he's busy and all of a sudden he's got a thing and there's a thing. And I, I, all of a sudden I have no control over the heat treating. So I really, I, I got the small one, the, the 120 and it worked great and and it but it was never a question of forging Damascus or something like that. If I were not a knife maker and I was a blacksmith, I would want to forge. I couldn't imagine using uh, a heat treating oven unless I was making tools. Mm-hmm. and I know that guys have been using forges to heat treat their hammers for for as long as people have been making hammers if the 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 thinking would be if you're gonna make Damascus, you need both. You need the heat treating oven and you need the the kiln and it's unfortunate that you have to make that decision but it's just like it's the it's the same question of like people said should i get a power hammer should i get a press they both do different things but the heat the heat treating oven and the forge the forge will only get you so far and the heat treating oven will only get you so far so it's like you kind of need i mean if you want to do all that you should have both Mm. yeah you know and the other thing is is like for a forge for Damascus, a one burner forge might not be enough. Like I was I couldn't I have a one burner forge that I built years ago and it was not getting the steel hot enough to set a weld. And I ended up getting a three burner uh NC forge because I just needed more heat. I needed more efficiency and stuff like that. And not to plug our friend Brian house, but apparently he's making these super high-end um, forges, mm. these uh, ribbon burner forges. So you should go check out what he's doing. Yeah.
1: What are, those, yeah. what are those, those induction forges? They they look interesting, don't they? But I think it's just so localized, the heat with them, isn't it? You're not going to be able to heat a whole billet. Well, one. here's
0: the hit. I got to use – Cliff got one. Right. And um, Cliff Dufton, CJ Dufton got a, a – I've seen them before. Mm. And it's they're like magic. wild. It's magic. Yeah. It is like magic. Yeah. If you're do the the great thing is that you know a lot of guys there there's some Chinese companies selling them relatively inexpensive and like Chris Chris Zep's got one and he was doing like you can get different coils mm. to allow you to go into the element in different angles like he showed one that's almost like a clamshell that he could instead of sticking it through the hole he could have kind of put it through the side so you can change the coils to localize the steel I don't think. If I were making a chef knife, I can't imagine anything worse than having to use an induction forge Mm. because you're getting this one spot. Now, if you're doing what they do at the New England School of Metalwork is they'll use the induction forge to soften the tangs. So they'll soften the tanks, or if you wanted to do like perfect, uh, what I would do if I were doing the the Lynn Ray style blacksmith knife, where he had to where he has to set that set the rivet when it the tail comes back and then it comes into the ricasso, yeah. that might be an awesome way to not have to heat the whole knife up to set to heat something up in the middle. Yeah. So, but they're really specific like specific tasks
1: like, a, like that. They could be really handy, but yeah, but not for a whole like setting a, the, a weld on a billet. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. no, you, I don't think I think it'd be crazy. I you see guys like uh uh you see guys putting hot dogs in there and cooking their hot dogs yeah. in and stuff like that. It's just like it is totally bananas. Um and it's a great kit. And it's what's interesting is, is something we talk about a lot is the kind of the standardization of these like industrial pieces of equipment mm. is like how easy they are for people to get and it is kind of neat. Yeah. But
1: well, if you look I at it... I'd stay away
0: from induction like, unless you're making like I can't see an induction forge being helpful to a lot of knife makers, unless you're making small shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay. And that's an electric device that localizes the heat. So you're getting, instead of, you know, we were talking about whether or not a kiln would be helpful. Those guys can heat a section up super duper fast and it's all electrical. And apparently, I mean, I don't know how the power works, but they're pretty slick. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. There
0: you go. All right. That was, that um, was knife talk. Yeah.
1: Leroy talk. Knives has sent a question. And again, if you've got a question, it we are knife talk podcast on Instagram. DM us. Um, we've got a big list of questions, but we will get to eventually. Um, he says, hey, QG, I've got two problems. Um, I use 3M masking tape on my blades, but it leaves dots of oxidation on carbon steel. And he said, what do you use to protect the blade? And for my second problem, I'm making my first friction folder with a handle made of one piece of boxwood uh what pin would you use as an axis right now i have three mil brass rod and three mil stainless steel rod um and a a cheeky third question um i want to buy a good belt grinder in europe i wanted to have your opinion on this on this brand i've just found um called lion's process um never heard of them don't know um, but we'll we'll come to that grinder in Europe in just a sec. Let's let's start at the beginning. Um, 3M masking tape. It's leaving uh, dots of oxidized, oxidization on his carbon steel.
0: Um, so what do you use to protect the blade, Jeffrey? I learned a trick from you on this podcast, Craig. You said that you sometimes years years ago on an episode you said sometimes before you put the tape on, you'll hit it with a slick of oil or some wax. Yes. Yeah. I did that now because the ha- same thing happened to me, especially if you leave the tape on like over the weekend or something. I don't know what's on that tape. I don't know why it does it, but it does definitely oxidize portions of yeah. the knife.
1: And what, what, that t- what tends to happen then as well is that that tape that you then use once it's been waxed will almost harden and almost become like a bit of a sire, which you can take right. off and t- on and off easily. It's not stuck to the blade. Um, and I'll quite often use that on a bunch of knives. You know, um, huh.
0: you just, yes, yeah, that you that was the top tip was because I do that now all the time with, because I'm, I'm terrified. I'm going to fuck everything up. Yeah. So I use uh coat of Axe wax and then, uh, uh, or oil or something and then I'll wrap it up in tape and then that works perfect and I don't have to worry. Yeah.
1: I mean, there are times where you don't want it to slide off, but if that's the case, you just put a wrapper tape around the heel to stop it sliding off. Um, but most of the time I don't do that. So I can just take it on and off as I, as I please. Yeah. It makes it right. super simple. Right. A knife the next
0: question the next part of the question is is as a great question so he's got a friction folder yeah. and he wants to know what the pin should be
1: okay um, definitely stainless steel um, brass will wear out so much so much quicker and you'll end up with slop um, so stainless steel which can be a real pain um, particularly if as you know I did a run of, of brass handled um, folders and having to have that one little Dot of stainless in the brass was was a real ah, got to me, but yeah, you can't really use brass because it, it will wear out, and before you know it there'll be slop there and it, you know the knife won't be
0: as effective the other there's a couple of other things I've actually used tried some things. I used once I used a copper rivet, which was the dumbest of all time mm. when you're if you're using a rivet, what you don't want to happen is the inside of the inside of the the, the bar itself to distort inside you want the rivet to mushroom out on the outsides but the inside should not move this isn't like if you're making a pair of tongs and you're putting a hot rivet in and then you're put you know you're forcing you're forging it down then you're sticking the whole thing in to heat up and to condition the rivet that's not what you're doing with the friction folder especially if it's got a wood handle Mm. you know so you really want something that's stout you're exactly right stainless steel i or i on my friction folders i use mild steel the most important thing is, is you just want to make sure that your side, your levels of your rivet are correct. You don't need a quarter of an inch of rivet to, to, to hang out. You just need enough to mushroom over because what happens if you have too much and you decide, all right, I got to move this down, you'll mushroom it out, but you'll also draw, you'll in, you'll, you'll, um, you'll put some of that material inside and it'll tighten up. And then all of a sudden you're kind of stuck. You have to kind of wear it away, yeah. which is a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a big that's a big problem. You don't want to upset the steel inside the hole. Yeah, or and then that'll if you want it completely flush, so there's no
1: mushroom. Obviously, you put a small, a very, very tiny countersink in, and then you mushroom into what the countersink is. Right. Um, but he's using boxwood. He's using he's using wood. Yes, yeah. So he's gonna have a sort of mushroom. You're not gonna yeah. You're not
0: gonna crush that. unless you had a. If you, that's why I use rivet. That's why I use those washers, mm. like the the washers, because. You're not smashing it into the the handle itself. I mean, that's why you see a lot of old-school friction folders. They have a tiny brass washer. And what that does is it's kind of like it doesn't just drive – it doesn't drive into the original hole. It's kind of like it makes sure that it mushrooms over – the the hole so yeah. you're creating that rivet. I'm getting to the point where I, this coming year I want to start doing a run of friction folders, and I'm trying to figure out the best ways to do it because I figured out how I could do it. So, you know, partially laser cut, partially forged, but I really want to make sure. My biggest fear is with the friction folders. I don't really sell them often. I sell them to like makers and stuff who can adjust. You know, mm. as you know, as things change, but I wanted to figure out a way where I could make something very simple, and I might go to some sort of like mechanical fastening for the for the pin, just because I need something a little bit more permanent. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't change. Yeah, I'm, I'm I just I'm just
1: looking at Lion's Process here. So he's he's, he's asked about um, grinders in Europe. Um, he said, "What do you think of Lion's Process?" And I've never heard of them, so I'm just looking on their website um they're based in france by the looks of things well the website in french anyway i assume so uh, but i don't know i've never used one so i couldn't tell you but what i do know is broadbeck do ship to europe um there's obviously gonna be taxes involved but just give them a call speak to them because they'll be able to tell you what that would be and because they are very cost effective it may be cheaper than buying in europe um but go have a look um Jeff uses one. Marek uses one. I use two. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. More than oh, one. More than one.
0: Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. They're unbelievable grinders. They're my, the they're my best grinders in the game. I have had a pile of them, and nothing comes close to it at Broadbeck. And if you go to BroadbeckIronworks.com and put a promo code uh, knife talk 200, you will get $200 off some of their packages. And if you put in knife talk 100, you'll get $100 off the leather sewing machine. The sharpening system, which is a dynamite little system, and uh, the surface grinder. So go to uh, Broadbeck Ironworks and check it out. I mean, I tell you what, man, I have the one. I have one that's two twenty. I have one that's one twenty. They're they're just dynamite, mm. and the Moreco Platin is hard to beat. It's the best platin in the game. Yeah. So
1: and as I said, they are they do ship to Europe. Um, quite a few people have had them. Um, I know they are looking for European distributors as well. So it's going to be more and more common that you'll see them in Europe. Um, but give give Vince a, a call. He'll explain to you how it works. You know, shipping them across taxes, all that kind of stuff. And hopefully, they can work something out for you. There you go, Jeff. I've got a question for you. Shoot. What would you do if you won the lottery? Would you? You've got to answer one of these. You can't pick okay. anything else. Uh, okay. Buy a new car. Would you party? Would you add money to savings? Would you buy a yacht, or would you buy a new house?
0: I'd add my. Oh, I'd buy a house. House. Oh. Hillary needs that new house. We need to move. Okay. As when my kid gets into college, we gotta get out of here. We need a smaller house. Yeah.
1: What has the highest value to you? Fun, loyalty, or
0: happiness? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fun and happiness are kind of the same, right? Uh, happiness. Uh, I'm going with happiness. Loyalty is go Loyalty's a-, a distant. Loyalty's a. Loyalty's a, loyalty's a tough one. You going with happiness. The funny. Okay. The funny thing about um, you don't want to talk about how old I'm getting, is my wife and I who are, we're only a month apart um we're both looking to when we move we want to get a one floor house because we don't want to go up and down the stairs <laughs>
1: well do you know what what's really weird about that our so the house that we live in now is 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 like a like a big old farmhouse like in the middle of nowhere but right. but next we do have a neighbor next door they're an old couple but that that was originally part of this house. And this house is over 200 years old. And at, at some point, at that, you know, they split up this one little... And it's one little... It's a tiny one-bedroom house next door to us. Um, they live six months of the year in Spain and sometime in the UK. And they spend about three or four months of the year here. So it's actually attached to our... It's quite weird. It's attached to our house, this little thing. And they're selling it. And um, we were like, well, it's got more value to us than to anybody else because oh we do want...
0: Oh, my God. So you're going to buy it?
1: Well, I think we are. But um, it's like... Like Amy was saying, it's like it's got a bedroom downstairs. There's no stairs, and I'm thinking, I know I'm older than you, but come on, I could see exactly where she was angling to say, this is perfect for you in the future. You could move into this little tiny little annex of the house.
0: (laughs) You. (laughs) That's what my my wife and I want to like simplify. We want to simplify when when Lila goes to school. We want to simplify, you know, one one one. One floor house, yeah, no more stairs.
1: Simplify. That's the, that's the that's dr- that we've got builders traipsing around the house of so simplifying is the dream at the moment. But hey.
0: you're you're like multiplying. You're not. Simplifying. I know. I know. We've got an you're issue. Unbelievable. The past five years with you has really been quite a trip. <laughs> quite a trip. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, when you had Mareko and I start in, you know, your wife was pregnant. Like the first like five episodes, yeah. and then the fifth episode, the birth, they gave birth. Life and changed. Then we've been watching. We've been watching your life, like multiply a millionfold yeah. it's amazing yeah it's crazy hey jeff
1: have you ever gone go through ahead. hard times yes or no
0: um i wouldn't say hard times okay
1: okay and one final question before we move go on go ahead do you care about the environment yes no or sometimes
0: yes <laughs> sometimes yes oh i got i've got to keep
1: I, going I, I keep saying i'm going to go move ahead on. go ahead go ahead do you want to live alone Yes, no, or sometimes.
0: <laughs> fader men don't live alone. That's a no. <laughs> That's a no. We're incapable. fader men are incapable of living alone. I'd be
1: right on the sometimes there. I would be, but um, and oh, this is this is made for you. This question, Jerry. Go ahead. How often do you miss a deadline? Always, sometimes, or never?
0: Never. Oh, you can see that one coming. Never. Okay. Okay. Never. Would you
1: like to go on a trip abroad in the next three months? Yes or no?
0: I am. Yes. Okay.
1: And are you very emotional? Yes, no, or sometimes. No. Okay, we might we've got we only got a few. We must well go through this.
0: Go ahead. Where would
1: you like to live? In the city or in the countryside?
0: If I'm older, if, if oh, now shit, now I want to live in the country. But okay, in a couple of years, I'd love to live in the city. Okay, I, let's say go let's go city. Let's go okay. up the city. Okay. to the city. This
1: is a good one. How often do you sing? Often, sometimes, or never?
0: Never. Really? Never. Wow. I'm terrible I sound awful I mean I really I mean it's like it's not
1: good (laughs) do you want to grow up yes no or sometimes
0: yes okay
1: I did we've got three questions left go ahead do you enjoy laughing at other people yes no or sometimes
0: all the time oh my god Shaden Freud is like my middle name
1: do you enjoy reading books yes no or sometimes no no do you have a plan for the future yes or no Yes, of course you do. You're Jeff Fader, and your gender: male, female, or other? Fucking male. (laughs) Put male in. (laughs) Okay, this is your real age according to Agetest.com. Okay, you ready for this? All the time. 31 you're just a fucking good just a big kid that's what it says <laughs>
0: wow that's great 31. 31 wow holy shit nice one i don't even remember what it was like when i was 31
1: <laughs> black and white everything was black and white when you were thirty-one. i
0: mean when i was 31 it was a different ball i'm i'll, t- I'll be honest with you i'll be honest with you because i don't be getting my balls broken about this i wouldn't change myself if i could take years off my life i wouldn't do it mm. i mean like get, be younger i have I, this past three years i've gotten so much more like attuned to my age mm. i'm i feel like it really is like i'm very fortunate to be in the situation i am in the person that I am, yeah so. yeah i can only i know d- the meaning of life craig
1: i can only dream to you know you know, you've got you've got kids who sort of come up to eighteen and going away to college. I can only dream of those times at the moment because it could be three three a.m. every morning. We've got kids crying. There's people pissing the bed. It's just, we're going through people hard, hard There's times people the pissing the bed. <laughs> well, we've got twins. Is that you? We have twins. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. You say so people. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to those
0: times. Yeah. All right, well, guess what? Get older because you'll get. I know the mean. I know the meaning of life. I'm very, and I'm not even kidding. So. What's the meaning in life in one sentence? You, you, dude, you're not one of these DMers asking me how to fix a plunge line. I'm not going to give it to you like that. <laughs> you know, you're, not, you're too young. You're like a fetus. Oh, you're like a sophisticated fetus. You're not old enough to know the meaning of life. Young
1: padwan. Okay. Uh, drop test media. Um, after seeing Jeff's latest handle creation, I got to thinking about handle shaping. Um, how do you guys design your handles size-wise? Is it what's comfortable to you, or do you have a generic size that fits most? Um, thanks for all the great info and laughs.
0: That's a great question. It
1: is. It is. Um, I mean, I because I do runs of knives. My handles are basically the same. I, I laser cut, you know, you know, five hundred knives at once, so they're they're all the same. Um, so yeah, it takes a while to get to that point where there's, a, you know, a few iterations until it's comfortable, um, and comfortable for me, I suppose. I, I suppose I could do it. Um, and just, you know, you want something that is as least offensive to as many people as, as possible, I suppose. Um, but when it comes to table knives, mine are very sort of shapeless. They just rounded off. There's no real contours as such to them um, but a chef knife which you know fills the hand a bit more and you hold differently um, that one will be will be contoured but um, it's very yet yeah, very generic because if i'm doing 500 at a time um, they, they're going to be the same
0: i have changed my opinion on chef knife handles all i mean so for so many years i had these different ideas in the beginning i used to just think who cares you're holding in the pinch position you're holding it this it just shouldn't matter And I started to realize, and they were fine. They're huge. The handles are huge. Mm. And then I started getting smaller and smaller. I had a customer came in. She said, I have small hands. And then I was like, all right, I made a small handle for her. And when I held it, I was just like, this is the handle size I like. Mm. And it was way smaller than I expected. And I wouldn't have gotten there unless somebody wanted something very specific. I've gotten to the point now where next year we're going to be doing uh, runs of hidden tag knives. And I'm simplifying them. I'm not going to, they're not going to be, they're going to be, I, and for wasal handles, I was like obsessed with the octagon shape. and I did it because with my, with forging hammers back in the day, I learned from Fred Chris, who's one of the best blacksmiths in the, in the United States. He used to have an octagon shaped handle for his hammers. So I started to think, well, I'm going to do that too. And now i 'm starting to realize less is more. I made a uh, color lab handle it was like a it was almost like a rectangle, a rounded rectangle, simple yeah and I was like, "I like this, yeah and it was it did everything and now i 'm going to do this run of uh, frame style color lab handles for next year. they 're all going to be super simple they're going to be almost like a rounded over rounded cornered rectangular handle. Mm with just no frills yeah well you know i'm sure we've all
1: got favorite knives in the drawer that we use you know we just grab instinctively each time and the knife that i use daily more than any other knife more than you know the knives that i make myself is simply just a rounded handle and it's and it's one of tomas one of right i think it's an f2 i think it was about five years old um and it's just rounded and there's a slight curve to it and that's just it's just super comfortable, you know it's not yeah. it's it's not you know it hasn't got any crazy shapes, it's just literally rounded
0: Tomer's handles are they feel great, yeah, yeah, and a lot of it's because his handles have everyone seems to think it's it, part of its' leather spacers mm. that you you can't make his stacked handles without something with some give, and he had to use leather in order to make that curve otherwise there needs to be a degree of compression yeah yeah and there's something about that leather that gives you a little bit of just a tiniest bit of grit grip and it's just there i mean he's he's really kind of he's really he, he, the designs that he has done is just really uh commendary yeah. commendary yeah. complimentary yeah yeah he should be commended he should be given an award or something yeah. every I'm going back out there did you know that You are really. When are you going? Yeah, we didn't really announce it yet, but this summer we're gonna have two sets of classes. So we're gonna do one weekend and another weekend. I haven't. He hasn't. We haven't released the dates yet, but we got a video that uh, our man Max Mexo made, and we're. I'm definitely gonna go be back in the summer. Very nice. Very nice. But yeah, I use that
1: knife every day. It's my go-to, and it's just it's just complete not a workhorse. You know, it's yeah.
0: I think, in regards to just to for drop test media, and this is something for other knife makers. Well, I usually tell people, you know, it's, if you're making culinary knives, you should you should cook, and it's not you have to be a good cook. Like you just have to, the best cooking that you can do is to be in that flow state where you're just picking up tools and you're just working. Mm. And the things that I notice the most, and I have a pile of knives from good friends of mine, stuff like that. I use my knives only now because I like them and I want to see what I like. And some of the littlest things that I notice is the rounding of the spine, is the rounding of the heel. Mm. Those are the things that I notice the most with knives. And just to let you know, and I don't know if you know this or not, Craig, most of these manufacturers of knives... Can't do one of the reasons why custom guys are, are better than uh the you know the standards is because the production guys cannot do things like rounding the spine or rounding the choil or rounding mm. the heel. They can't do it. Their machines can't do it, or they don't want to spend the money, that's why you can get a, one of them knives for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. you have the ability to make it a more comfortable knife for the simplest things. Simplest things. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of knife talk here. Dude. It is. Jeez. Wow. And if you were going to round your, uh, round your spines, what kind of belts would you use?
1: i definitely use Combat Abrasives. It's what I've been using for, what, seven, eight years now. Never let me down. Um, and we can get them cheap for you, too. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now, indeed. I tell you what, Jeff. If you were Canadian, where would you get yours? Ah,
0: uh, broad. I would go. I would go. <laughs> I tell you where I would go. I would go to Maritime Knife Supply, because Maritime Knife Supply not only has kilns, abrasives, uh, and forges, and all the knife making stuff that you need. They are the sponsor of. of they are the distributor of Broadback Ironworks, and they're the distributor of Combat Abrasives and they are just as fast as anybody else if you're in, in the United States. Uh, Lawrence does a lot of great stuff for knife makers in the community and you know maker com- the maker community at large. Uh, he's got everything. And every t- the one thing I hate to talk about is when I say, I wonder if he has on a podcast mm-hmm. because he'll always DM me say, like, I have that, I have <laughs> that, I have that. So if you think that he doesn't have it, I'm guaranteeing you he will have it or he'll get it. So Lawrence has been great at, at maritime Knife supply, and if you get a, a um, if you get belts from him, the uh, if you get a pack of ten, you will get ten percent off on a pack, so you get one free for the most part. Yeah,
1: and to be honest, I'd say that with all of our sponsors as well, we you know we don't take on any sponsorship, we turn down loads, but. It's because they're all most of them. They're makers. They're, they're part of that community. So if you've got a question for them, you know, do you have that, or could you get hold of this for us? Just reach out to them. They're they're not not huge corporations. They're all they've all got a human face, and they they'd all help yeah. you out.
0: I mean, even Heat is Spence, and that's a whole family. the yeah. The family out in Michigan, the Broadbeck guys, Maritime Knife Supply. You know. Yeah. They're all they're like good people. We've
1: got a new sponsor so. coming on next week, Jeff.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's, let's let's save it for that. No, for that, just yeah. to let you know, we we if you want to keep going with this, we can keep going with this. We have been doing a good job. We also have listener feedback. We don't have any tough dilemmas, but we do, ha- and we don't have any more knife cairns. We do have weird news at the end, and I want to start to prepare for us to do uh, beefs. a new bit for the new year. Oh, and beefs, yeah, beefs for new year oh, and too. Beefs. Yeah, yeah. beefs. Um, okay, let's have some listener feedback then.
1: It's always good to hear from our lovely listeners.
0: We, get, we always get great listener feedback. And um, uh, the, if you want to send us listener feedback or questions or tough dilemmas or beefs, we need beefs for the All Beef Review uh, coming up. We've got a good amount, but I, I want to make sure we have more than enough that we can really have a good laugh. You go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and then you can send us a DM. Uh, usually, I'll I'll usually do a kind of a bat signal for people to start to send us the DMs, and you guys have been great. And this one comes from Paul Jansen. And we were last week, we were talking about zombies. We're talking about the you know, that whole zombie knife thing, or what would you use? Mm. And he goes, here's some zombie question feedback. Craig isn't wrong to pick an ax for protection and for food prep. I have a carpenter's tool, a hatchet with a hammer on either side, that I carry in my truck for various jobs on the farm. I use it to clean a deer start to finish. It's sharp enough to separate the meat in various cuts and still be able to chop bones. Uh, not an obvious choice, but better than half-shovel Serbian cleavers. There we go. So he says you were right. He's a, this is a real guy. This is a real guy on a farm. He says you were right.
1: Well, I often go out and, and clean a deer with my axe. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah you rub them. Yeah, I know. You, I can see you giving a deer a bath, but I couldn't see you. <laughs> i
1: got to say, there's lots of deer around here as well, on the road, yeah, that often have to break because they're running in front of me and so on. But, uh, yeah, I've never had the desire to go out and...
0: Fun fact, I heard the liver king say that in regards to all testicles, deer testicles are the tastiest.
1: Oh wow, okay. And he's tried yeah, he's so just...
0: tried them all. Right. <laughs> he he says he made they asked him they asked him of all the balls, which one tastes the best? And he said and he goes, Well, I hate to say that I know this, but deer balls are the best. Wow. The left and one. Then they asked him if he ever. What about semen? And he goes, "Well, I don't know about that." And they are like, "Yeah, we think you know about that." It's actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Schultz, the flagrant too. Those guys are the best. Yeah. Uh, all right, David Logan Bill says, "I want to. I, I would want this is back to the uh, what your zombie knife would be. I want. Uh, I would want Craig's tactical butter knife with a rail gun attachment. That would get me through the entire apocalypse." <laughs> Jesus Christ, Justin Miller says we were talking about uh, problematic um, customers, and I I guess I had said this expression. He says, "Please make, I'll make whatever you want. You fuck t-shirts." So apparently, I (laughs) so I'll make whatever you want. We're we're the blade next year. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'll make whatever you want. You fuck. (laughs) It's a good shirt. Will Miller, I, I guess. So we were talking about Will Miller. He says Craig is blocked. I am blocking him because oh. you, you, we were reading about it. He had a question about insurance, and you started yawning. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good dude. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Plumly Knives says, I loved Mareko's expression when Jeff brought up the Servian Cleaver on the last episode. I think the exact quote was, Ugh. <laughs> Uh, it seems many people want to want one, but seeing them in the wilderness reels where a guy cooks food over a fire. But most knife makers I've talked to can't stand it. Mm. Yeah, you see those. Uh, you've seen those Serbian cleavers. Oh yeah, you know, they? those massive. Yeah, they're, they're no good for anyone, are they really? I saw now that Christmas is coming around. There's a couple of companies that are selling those Serbian cleavers, and you see these guys pulling them out of the out of the, the you wrapping know, paper, and they're just like, "Wow, this is amazing." But when you see the spine, the spine is like a quarter-inch thick. Yeah. This thing is a fucking them. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to um, me. We got, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, uh, last one from Dusty, uh, Dustin Springfield. Yo, KTP, the Damacyl Chef Invitational with you, with you all was such a blast, loads of fun. I was putting together an induction forge at work. Can't wait till it's up and running. Know any good sources for tips and tricks. I'm hoping it works well for forging up billets. Well, that's very... We just talked about that for a little bit. Mm. Um, Dustin, I would suggest watching... I would... You know what? Get a hold of Chris Zepp over at Make Everything because he is he, he's all up in that he got that induction he got he got he's sticking his penis in the induction furnace he loved that thing he's all in the induction furnace so Make Everything Shop uh, I think he's probably going to do videos on it and I'm sure if you reached out to him he would be able to put you in the right yes. position for
1: if he, if he's not dead by then because. <laughs> I see some of the videos that he's doing. He's just like, what the hell? He's
0: going to kill himself very soon. But Did I'm you sure see the, sort of intentional. Uh, yeah. the aluminum city bike he welded into a three-person bike? No, no. Do you know what a city bike is? It's one of
1: those like rental bikes on the street, isn't it? Yeah. The
0: electric bike. So he okay. took three, chopped them up, and put them three together. Wow. And he, they're called city bikes, and he they spray painted it and said shitty bike, <laughs> and yeah. and then they made uh, they, it was a great video with uh, his friend uh, Anthony Panza. Yeah, He did this video where they were driving around New York City in this bike that he welded up. I've seen him cutting down
1: trees with circular saws and all sorts. It's just like, I
0: just ordered some more of his shirts. Frankly, <laughs> I love his shirt. I actually, I get he's got these shirts that say uh, "Don't, Don't die. die" on the back, yeah. and I, I wear I. You know what? I think it's a great shirt. I like Chris very much. I've seen him not too, not often enough. I like Chris. Yeah. So yeah. I was walking my dogs. This was crazy. I was walking with my wife, and I, was, and I, and I had the shirt on. And it's, on the front, it says, make everything shop. And on the big, in black, it says, don't die. So we're walking along. My wife and I are having this nice conversation. And this guy says, what if you're already dead? <laughs> and it was like this dude, this older dude. And it was like, and my wife was like, oh, my God she he freaked her the fuck out i'm like what what he goes your shirt i was like what are you talking i had no idea what he was talking yeah. about and he starts yelling what if you're already dead uh, i was like just beat it back off fucking god what are you yeah. talking hey i'm walking, walking here yeah i can imagine <laughs> yeah, we're reading my t-shirt <laughs> i once had this t-shirt back in the day and this will be the last I, my sister had a bookstore and she would get um t-shirts all the time mm. from different uh, books companies and one one of them said uh, bad behavior. So when I was in high school, I was walking around the city of New York with this shirt that said bad behavior. I it was a book or something like that. These old women would click their tongues and be oh, Do you see what a shirt says? he's bad behavior. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> <with> old bitches. <sighs> there you go. Where do we go? And should we do a couple of questions? We could do some questions. We gotta talk about the new bit and then uh, I say we finish this motherfucker. Let's let's do, be strong with knife questions. Yeah. We'll talk about the new bit, we'll maybe do a beef or two, and then I wanna do podcast weird stories. Okay,
1: okay. Well let me tell everybody about Dharma Steel first. We just mentioned them for the Dharma Steel Chef invitation, which we do every year, which is always a fun time. Um but you know, they make amazing steel. Um so you're if you're into a Damascus, which is stainless they do beautiful, beautiful patterns. Um, just go to, look, Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. You'll see the kind of stuff people are making with it. Amazing stuff. They're great people too. So, you know, if you've got any questions regarding Dharma Steel, just reach out to them. They're, they're, they're very nice people. Um, DharmaSteel.se is the website. If you uh, create an account and make an order, if you use Knife Talk um, and when you're checking out as a promo code, you'll get 10% off too. Um, but, yeah, go take a look. DharmaSteel.se. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Big fans of these.
0: Yeah, and it's easy to heat treat. It really is. If you can heat treat stainless, you can heat treat damasteel yeah. very easily.
1: Yeah. And Jeff's an award winner damasteel artist now.
0: I, once again, it's, it's, it's it was, and, I, and if you talk to other people, you talk to uh, Fingal, who uses a pile of damasteel, mm. um, the etching is 10 times easier than, than uh, regular Damascus. There's no funniness. There's no bullshit. It's like, it's like, how come this is so easy to work with? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Go get some. Go get some. Okay. Where do you want to go? You want to go with Legacy Blades? Um, where are we in the list? Yeah, y- you take that one and I'll find where we are. Yeah. Okay. Legacy Blade says, here's a question for you guys. What are you using to secure your segmented scales together? I've, been use- I've used G Flex Epoxy to stick G10 segments liner, but recently saw someone doing it with Gorilla Glue. Uh, I'm all for the glue idea if it's durable. No mixing epoxy, faster cure time. I would still secure the scales to the tang with pins and epoxy, uh, but for the construction of the handle, what do you think? Love the show. Thanks as usual. Jared.
1: Mm, I've only done segmented scales maybe two or three times um, just because they're a ball um yeah you need to make sure that the fit is very good to begin with um, what i'd always say is make sure you have a pin in every part um so um you're not just relying on that that epoxy um yeah i mean the ones that i've done i i use very sort of thin liners sort of two three mil liners um and they're obviously flexible so when you're working with it they could easily pop off, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm not the best to give advice on that because I haven't done many of them at all. But the one thing I would say is you want to try and get a fix in on every part, I suppose, because you do want them popping.
0: Well, it just happens to be that I have gone through different stages. Yeah. And one thing that just using liners, it, for me, it used to be a speed thing. And if I had time, I would use like a, like a G-Flex or that kind of stuff. But I started to realize I wanted something a little bit um, more – Not I didn't want anything flexible. Like I didn't want – G-Flex still has a little bit of flex to it. I wanted something that was kind of going to harden up and thin, like a thin membrane. So I do – for all my handle sk- – for my uh, Color Lab stuff, I use that Ben Smith Industries. Ben Smith Industries? It's like a – it's better – it's like a really – it's a higher-end CA glue. I think it's Ben – smith bob smith's bob smith my bad it's bob smith industries he has different um thicknesses he's got this ultra thin medium and super thick and what i've noticed is you don't have as much time to kind of lock everything together but it it hardens and it makes i find that the bond is damn good and i've been using the and i haven't been putting and i put pins in different uh different spots and I, I'm very conscious of that's one of the reasons why I use my dowels. Cause I'm kind of putting in extra, you know, extra mm. support in there. I've never had, never, ever, ever had anything pop off. The only time I have anything, po- no, I haven't had anything pop off. Um, and I, that Bob Smith industry stuff is so goddamn hard that if you're, I sometimes I'll break the wood, if I'm, you know, just doing a couple dabs to get the holes for the holes in the wood between the scales, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. For the yeah. the pinholes, I'll put a two, couple dabs, and when I break it apart, the wood will break before the the super glue breaks. Mm. So, that's what I do. But if I have time, or like if I'm just doing regular no nothing to write home about scales, I've been using uh, Total Boat. Total Boat makes great. I mean, this is not an ad for Total Boat, but I've been using their two-part epoxy for just like laminating scales together and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've just given that some thought. Now, I suppose what you could do, if you've got a piece where maybe a pin or a dowel wouldn't really work in it, um, what I've seen people do in the past is almost um, grind at an angle. So rather than flats against flats, you oh, make yeah. almost like a dovetail. So the pieces that are using pins are sort of dovetailing the rest in so they can't pop out that way as Talk well. Talk about a ball ache. It is a ball ache, but it would give you more of a surface area for that glue as well rather than just, you know, flat against right. flat.
0: Right, um, right. A possible right. idea, yeah. But, I mean, I always, I mean, everything's locked in. Like, when the Color Lab, when I do my stripe and then they're, you're locked in at three points, you know? Mm. And it's like, there's much more contact of glue. It's not just like floating. Yeah. And yeah. I've been, I've I've been pretty abusive with them and I've never had anything kind of fall apart. So, Um, I, I, well, one thing I will say is I think that pins, if you're, if you're not using, if you're using wood, I don't like just straight pins without any riveting. I don't like them. I think that if it's wood and there's expansion, there's expansion, the pin doesn't move and then Mm -hmm. the wood moves and stuff like that, even if it's stabilized, I either like, um, mechanical fastening, like Corby bolts or... I don't really trust straight pins, like just right. rods and stuff like that. Yeah, with, yeah, with wood, I've see, you, you see that.
1: You can run your nail across it, and right. you can see whether if it's, you know, it's either a, usually the wood expands. Right. Um, so there's a, a gap there with it. The, yeah, it can be a bit of a pain. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Voldo Weiss has got a question. It's a good one, this. Um, I'm still very much at the beginning of my knife-making career, but I'm thinking about a good name for my company. A lot of the makers just go with their good old last name, then Knives. Uh, but I'm from Australia. Uh, sorry, Austria, not the one with the kangaroos. Um, my name is very German, um, so I'm unsure if that's suitable for selling knives internationally, uh, since a lot of my customers speak English. Would it be better to just invent a name uh, with the risk of it not immediately being associated with, with my person? Um, that's a good question because, yeah, we Great see so question. many have, you know, well, Fader Knives and Mo and all the rest of it. Um it's a good idea. But, I mean, he says he's Austrian, but his name is very German. Um, I mean, there's a certain quality with, with German naming anyway, where people yeah, right. have – unless it's Hitler, obviously. But, but oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we don't want to go there. Um, but, you know, people when people think of German manufacturing, you think of a certain quality. So I don't know what well, – I'm guessing your name is Weiss, actually, looking at it. It's from Waldo Weiss. Um that could maybe work. I mean, a vice is something that we use in the in the industry anyway. Um, but, yeah, that, well, that's a good question, whether to use your name or to go with a sort of brand name. Um, and, in fact, it's something that I wish I'd given more thought to. Uh, I was pretty stoked when I got the name Chop because it was owned by somebody else, and I approached them, and we, we did a little bit of a deal to get the name. Um, but Googling Chop, which is, you know uh, – a you know something that you do with a knife can yield loads and loads of results before they can get to yours whereas if i just use my name i'm pretty sure that would be more searchable um so yeah it's it's definitely something to to consider but um yeah the last name and knife seems to be seems to be the way to go
0: it's, what's interesting is is the funny thing is is like german knives have german names yeah like yeah. you know wusthof I, think, I don't know if that's german or not but like yeah. wenger and you know there's a very strong history with like high quality knives with that come from germany i mean you you hear i mean you don't hear about like you know you hear when you hear about eastern or you hear about western knives you hear about german chef knives or french chef knives you don't really hear about like i mean no offense but you don't hear a lot about you know spanish chef knives for bulgarian yeah yeah yeah, whatever i mean you don't hear like as much as you would like a french chef knife or a a, a, a german i think that what's interesting is is when i came up with fader knives i had to be i part of me wishes it wasn't my name because it's going to be harder to sell this motherfucker if i when i come when Mm -hmm. when, when the time comes if the time comes i don't think it will but what i was gearing for was trying to attach myself to this knife making because of my history as a sculptor or my history of ever doing other things. And I was really trying to make it the business kind of wrapped around me and my history. So I didn't really have a choice, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's helped. It's helped separate me out from other, na- you know, um, makers. But if you look at perfect examples, Florentine Kitchen Knives, Tomer, his name is not, I mean, he's intrinsic to the company yeah but like unless you know that you wouldn't really know so yeah. like if he wanted to you know do something with somebody else he could however i mean he's he, it's his company but he's his name is no it's not botner knives yeah
1: yeah and i yeah i mean i'm just looking at your name again which which i believe to be vice valdo vice um you know it doesn't have to be spelled that way um, if I think in of one of my favorite brands is Hyatt, Hyatt denim, and they make jeans and the founder is David Hyatt. Um, but he spells it differently for the brand just because it's quite difficult to pronounce the way he normally spells it. So he's just simplified it. So it's the same word. And in your case, it would really work because as I say vice, so, you know, vice blades or vice knives, it would really work if you spelt, spelt vice, not like your name, but you know, V I C E, um, just as, you know, just as one idea. Um, but, um, yeah, it is. Naming is so difficult, especially now. You've got, you've got to make sure you've got all the handles for all the social media and your website and all the rest of it. You know, seeing what's available there as well. It can be so, so difficult. But it's one of those things once you're in, you've got to be all in, you know? Yeah. And um, five years down the line, you think, oh, damn, I wish it was something else. And it, it, it's difficult to eh. change.
0: So, you know. And just to let you know, my name is a German name. So I have a German name. I mean, Fader is German for the word feather. Oh really? A feather. Right. Yeah, I guess I Jeff guess it was... Adolf Vader. Okay. No fucking <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> hey But it but it was uh you know, it, it's the German word for feather and I guess, you know, for pen makers or hat makers or something like that. Hmm. So feather I could have gone with feather knives, but that's lame. Yeah. Feather knives? That's terrible. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Feared worse. I can't believe you called me. I mean, my whole ancestry rolled over. You call me <laughs> Jeffrey Adolf <laughs>
1: Two Hitler jokes and one question. That's wrong. I'm sorry, Baldo. I'm very
0: sorry. Yeah, you're like fucking Kanye West. I mean, you're like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> liver King and Kanye West. I'm the king. I would rather be the Liver King. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I
1: don't yeah. I, I, my bad. I don't know. Let's I don't keep know. rolling, baby. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on, That You find one more question and then we'll we'll head out.
0: Okay. uh, And then we can do, uh, we have a couple other things. Good news stories. Yeah. Uh, Randy uh, Reichert says, huge fan of the podcast. As a maker, would it be a good idea to offer satisfaction or money back guarantee on the knives I sell? How about taking a layaway payment on more expensive knives? Just wondering if any of you guys do this. Keep up the good dick jokes. (laughs) Well, Uh, those
1: the layaway payments, um, a lot of, I know you can do it with Squarespace now. They'll use, like, a third party. So um, basically, you as as the maker, you get paid in full immediately, um, and, the, you know, the customer will then pay this third-party company. And that's, I think that's built into the checkout now, which you can just enable on Squarespace, for example. I'd imagine you could on Shopify and Wix and all the others as well. Um, so, yeah, that is an option that people could be doing. Um <sighs> I just to me it just sounds like a lot more admin. People with
0: the the layaway part,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, people you don't want people emailing you saying, "Oh, I'm having a tough week, a tough month. Could we double up next month?" And it's, it's it's just all, you know, it's it it just makes to me it just sounds. A lot of work. If people can't afford it, you want them going on the hock to get one of your knives. It's it's, it's a little bit dirty to me, so I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it.
0: At the same time, it's like. What are you buying an expensive custom-made knife <laughs> made right. knife of you like you exactly know. if they can't
1: afford it it, it right. they, they shouldn't be you know I saying yeah. they shouldn't be it's not my business, but I don't want it to be part of my business, I suppose right. that's what I'm saying, yeah,
0: well, what do you think of the satisfaction guaranteed or your money back um it's difficult, I mean you want to fix
1: any problems people have, um but saying satisfaction guaranteed is that's opening you up to a can of worms, I think you need some t's and c's there at least um you know i've you know we talked about it last week i've had people put them in you know really wanting a carbon steel knife and they put them in dishwashers and things like that and you're like that well, uh, you know yeah I'll, I'll stand by my work but not by stupidity you know uh,
0: and, well but at the same time it doesn't
1: happen that often it doesn't know? happen that often but you know it can be a problem if 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 it were to and you know it's difficult
0: I think it's very important that you stand by your work. Mm. And I don't really do, this is our policy, this is our policy. If someone's got an issue, I say, send it back. No questions asked. Because it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. You know, I I still have guys who every year they say, do you think you could fix this thing? And I say, yes, here's my address, send it to me. And then the next year rolls around. I get the same email and I said, I told you, I'll take care of it. Here's my address. Three years in a row, this Mm. one guy. And he just, I'm not going to call him up. I'm not going to go pick the knife up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm saying to him, like, here's my address. You send it to me. I will get it back to you fast. And I'll take care of it. And I want you to be happy. And the most important thing is, I I think that there's, especially with, most people aren't like flea bags, And I think it's very important to be as honest and open and as helpful as you can. And also to, and it is good, it is good. PR when people say, "Oh yeah, this guy took care of me." Hmm.
1: I think satisfaction guarantee. I think that phrase is just so open ended, and that's what I think my issue is with it. I think you need to be a bit more specific with it. You know, um, you know, we talked last week about you know some dude who was who was you know getting knives and saying there was an issue with it and claiming the money back on on PayPal and doing right. this professionally. You know, not not professionally, but doing this as a as a matter of fact, and he'd do it with a bunch of makers. Um, you know, you can see people like that maybe seeking out people who, who, who you know who are yeah openly saying. I think
0: that's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that has to be few and far between. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure I know that
0: like I know that things where It's a little bit more. I mean, it's funny because we make jokes about whether or not it's art or not. There are there there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more leeway with with design decisions. Mm. and then say like you know with uh what um uh, what the broadbeck guys have they have something very specific like if the wheel goes out you replace the wheel yeah. this is that, that that's different than like an aesthetic design yeah if it doesn't feel right just send it back yeah uh, yeah yeah mm. look i've had one guy back in the day he just sent it back he said it's not for me and i'm like i'll give you your money back
1: yeah mm.
0: you know so Okay, well, Brilliant. I tell you
1: what we need to talk about is um, the sandpaper that we use. As boring, oh. as, boring as it sounds, um, a good sandpaper makes a hell of a difference. Oh. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. Um, and we use Indasa Rhino Wet because they are awesome. They are also honestly, it's if you haven't used it before, um, just buy, just buy some. It'll change your life. And that's not me just saying that because they're a sponsor. I promise you. It was it was a game changer, game changer. You can get it from Texas Farrier Supply, which is texasfarriersupply.com. dot com, um, and they sell more than just rhino wet. They sell everything you need um, as a knife maker. Go take a look, texasfarriersupply.com. Use Knife Talk ten when you check out, and you'll get ten percent off your entire
0: order. Not bad at all. Not bad. Let me just do a little bit of talking about the new bit that's going to come up for the, in the new year. Yeah, and then we'll do some. Getting ready for the all beef review. We'll read off a few beefs, so and then we'll just do some weird news. And then sounds that sound good. Sounds good to me. All right, guys. Listen, I I have this idea that I had this idea that came up to me um, that I thought would be fun for the the podcast. You know, we do tough dilemmas and questions and stuff like that. We're doing a new bit in the new year. It's going to be called "Why Me? Why Me? Why does this always happen to me?" Okay. And the idea is is you are a knife maker. And there's something that you do and you just don't know why it doesn't come out exactly the way you want it to. So you're going to, like, here's an example. When I do the satin finish, I see these lines and they're, these, they're just deeper than I expect. And other guys make a much nicer finish. How, what am I doing wrong? Why does this always happen? So could Maybe it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. Maybe it's just like, this is, uh, this always happens to me. Why does this always happen to me? Yeah. Or like when we were talking before, when you're talking about, I know exactly what you're saying when you use the Tormek and sometimes you'll end up taking a little bit more off the tip than you expect. Why does that always happen to me? Or when you're hand standing, why does it always happen that I, I'm, you know, the, 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 the crispy edge of the tip of the knife doesn't work. So we're going to CSI or we're going to analyze your question and try to figure out what the problem is. So DM us, Why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? It could be anything. It could be anything, and then we'll try to figure out the problem. We'll diagnose it. It'll be little diagnoses.
1: Yeah. And remember, knife talk podcast on Instagram to send those through.
0: And we have a lot of we're gonna do the all beef review, which is coming up, but if you don't know, the all beef review is the year end whatever grinding your gears, whatever's driving you crazy. It could be about knife making. It could be about life. It could be about apparently the big problem is people's driving. People have a big problem with driving. Send us your beefs and we will read them off. And it is by far my favorite. Well, it's my second favorite show. I like the Damascene Invitational, but here are some beefs from 2020 um this one comes from uh, uh i've read some from last week uh this is dr poo no dr pood <laughs> dr pood <laughs> Didi. dr pood says here's my beef uh having to spend my days at my quote real job thinking for other people i work in retail establishments the number of times i've had to think for idiots and the number of clueless knuckleheads is astonishing uh, for example, all right, it's fine. Yeah, he don't like the people. Uh, and then here's another one. Uh, this is from Lame lame Key Knives. Here's my beef. People who are all about, quote, the grind. What the fuck? I enjoy a good <laughs> grind like, every, like the next guy, but I also like to slide it in every so often. You know what I'm saying? Take it easy. Life is short and beautiful. Don't forget to smell the roses. Spend time with your media family and take a load off. Love you guys. That's beef. Uh, mccutler says here's my beef i don't have the energy to have a beef <laughs> he's old and fat yeah. not not 31 like you jeff yeah, but yeah. and then here's jvb knives says here's another beef customers complaining to me about other knife makers it's none of my business by the way and then another beef people commenting on my knife post saying that people shouldn't pay that much for a knife uh and begin posting links to other sites so you could be about anything. It could be really a little bit of everything. Here's another one. Art of Craftsmanship says, hey, cuties, here's a beef for you. People who ask for the, quote, friends and family discount mm-hmm. and then laugh like it's a joke. Also, people who don't read the descriptions and then ask questions that have already been answered or explained. Yeah. So send them in. Send yeah. them in your beefs. We've got a good long list so far. Um, and uh, we're, looking forward to, uh, we're looking forward to the all beef review. It's yeah. always funny.
1: Always oh, good. What's that? We are three weeks away from that, so it's always so. The, it's
0: always the last show of the year, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, a yeah. sort of
1: New Year show, I suppose.
0: We already have some. I'll just read off. I won't read off some of the new ones. But Colorado Bruce has got a good one in there. Neil Warren. I see Will Miller's in there. Justin Stinson, Magic Knives, Speedster. Uh, there's in a couple anonymous ones. <laughs> I love the anonymous ones. They're always afraid <laughs> someone's going to recognize them. Yeah. So send in your beefs. Uh, we're gonna have a good all all beef review. Awesome. So. Awesome. Okay, what's in the news then, Jeff? What's been? I was going to say tickling your balls this week, my been... <laughs> <Like> dear balls. <laughs> Fucking Liver King, I love Liver King. So this is this is this is a weird podcast news stories, and I'll read you some things, and then you can decide what you want to do. Uh, in you know what the TSA is, right? Yeah, yeah. The security thing. the security, the, thing at, the security at the airport, yeah. handgun found inside a raw chicken at the luggage at the Ooh. airport. What, first of all, why are you taking a raw chicken through? There we go. But, uh, That's, uh, yeah. See, wow. well, any time I read a question and they ask, you got to read it. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, security officers at a South Florida airport have uh, reported finding a handgun inside a raw chicken packed in luggage, traveler, traveler's luggage the TSA posted photos of the gun and poultry Monday in its official Instagram account the weapon was recovered at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport the post didn't identify the traveler who is transporting the weapon or whether any arrests were made according to DSA fresh meat seafood and other non-liquid items are permitted in both carry-on and check bags as long as they're packed in ice unloaded firearms are allowed to be transported in check bags but they got to be declared so this fucking person thought the x-ray machine will never see <laughs> this fucking gun yeah. in it the chicken. chicken. Yeah. So. Uh, Tramp stamp tattoos originated by ancient Egyptians for birth magic. That's oh, one. wow. wow. <laughs> obviously, you don't sound too excited about that. Oh. Painful stinging fire ants are raining down on Hawaii's residents. Stinging? Was it stinging fire yeah. ants? Fire ants. Oh, go on. Uh, uh just when you thought a hawaiian getaway may be the cure to your seasonal depression official depression officials issued a warning over an infestation of fire ants warning residents of an ant rain uh hawaiian officials uh of uh of warning the ants are falling from the sky because they're bad at gripping and will fall from trees and plants, causing them to rain down on people and sting them. It's the island's largest infestation of fire ants to date in the Hawaiian government office, noting the dire effects that can have on the island in an official statement. They can produce st- painful stings, large welts, and cause blindness in pets. Wow. They build up large colonies on the ground, and in trees and other vegetation inside buildings and homes Uh completely overrun a can they can overrun a property answered uh from native of south america they're considered among the worst invasive species
1: blindness jesus christ
0: yeah, can you imagine that
1: that reminds me actually we got builders here and one of the jobs that they're doing is um we've got the houses like i say it's it's way over 200 years old and we've got these old beams that you know hold the house up and they they're exposed down in on the ground floor so we've we've got a builder here and his job is to spray them with this stuff that is like toxic you just kill anything that touches these beams so like my my wife and i were like right we need to like move to another part of the house while they do this maybe for a day or two so the fumes you know won't affect us and stuff like that anyway the builder's here and he he, he's using this like pressurized like garden sprayer thing right it just exploded all over in his face in his eyes everywhere he did not give a fuck outside cigarette straight into his mouth oh i'll be fine he said and he just carried on throughout the day he was just like just covered in foam it's just covered well it's not foam it's like a liquid like oh this, god this. and you just think he's got n- <laughs> just no like care about himself you know just you know not even like run to the shower get it all off him quickly just nothing he's like, oh fuck it i'll be fine so what's wrong with
0: people I have an embarrassing ant story. Um, oh, okay. When I was very, very young. Did it climb inside, Jeff? It. I'm about to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to tell you. So I was I was at a pool or something like that, and I was very young. I must have been like five or six. It was a very, very vivid story. And there yeah. were my, my mother or somebody would tell me, be careful, the red ants. Hmm. And I was like very worried about the red ants. And all of a sudden, I went into the bathroom, pulled my pants down. I sat on the on the toilet and I saw this little red ant by my penis (laughs) and all of a sudden I looked at it he looked up at me and bit (laughs) my dick he looked up at me and he just I saw his pinchers just clamp down, and it was like I started screaming. But the thing is, is like it was like we had this moment. Me and his aunt had this moment eye before he eye. just bit down on my dick, and I just fucking jumped off the toilet with my pants around my ankle, screaming about an ant on my penis i swear to god i remember the i remember the 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 bathing suit i was wearing and i just remember being like this but there was this one moment that i definitely remember i pulled my shorts down he must have gotten in there Uh, and then we looked at each other and then he just fucking clamped down it was terrible i'm having a piece of that yeah this is my size (laughs) A <laughs> uh, fifteen-foot doomsday fish washes up on the beach. We're all Ooh. gonna die. We're Fifteen foot? No, go on. Um, a long. It's a. It's a deep sea harbinger of doom. Locals were flabbergasted after a fifteen-foot fish which is rumored to be a, a. Oh my god! This thing really does look like it's out of a. Out of a. Oh, this is a terrible looking fish. It's got a red fin, all the... Oh, God, I lost the whole thing. Hold on a second. The locals are flabbergasted after this 15-foot oarfish, which is rumored to be the signs of the impending earthquake, drifted ashore on the beaches of Chile. A video of the alleged oceanic bad omen is currently making waves online as viewers worry about the possible seismic event. Jeez. The massive oarfish, which is the world's largest bony fish, capable of growing 56 feet long, washed up, the, <laughs> washed up on the coast of Isla... Uh, Tal Talcon in uh chile's uh Desorte islands footage captures the trem- the tremor predicting denizen of the deep, which is a silver scale, a fiery orange tassel head um, I just long- a tassel That's head prehistoric have you seen do you see have you do you see the pictures of it no no oh the earthquake is coming says one tweeter. we're all going to die. You don't have to believe me, but the chili but in Chile that fish is a bad s- omen of yours says. This thing looks I'm gonna send this to you. Uh. Yeah.
1: Jeez I tell you what, I used to say it a lot and you know, deep water, you know, I'm fine with it. But when you see these like videos of people swimming and all of a sudden you see it, this like deep, deep, deep water below them. It just freaks me out a little bit. You just think, What the hell is down there?
0: I have another story of something pinching me. Go on. I was in the <laughs> I was in the I was in the ocean in the in the sound uh, in Connecticut and I put my hand down and a crab bit in between my and my hand and I lifted Ooh. my hand up and the crab was on my hand. Ooh, I not you couldn't get me be, back in, that, in the water. You could not get me back in the water.
1: So I'm just looking at this now. Fifteen foot oarfish. And they go
0: to a fifty six foot. Like
1: me. Yeah. Big. It's like an eel. Ugh, yeah, nice. terrible.
0: All right, so here we got some more let, let me know. Let me know the last ones are the best. I'm going to read them off and then you just say if you want it or not. Go on. Uh I fell 33 feet while snapping a selfie. A hospital left me laying in my own feces and blood. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> teen, teen left with severe burns on the face uh after an unconventional haircut goes wrong. Have you seen these barbers who are using fire to no. cut hair?
1: No. Go on. Go on. Tell
0: me that one all right um it's not the sideburns he was hoping for Alar- alarming footage captured the moment the unconventional flame haircut literally and perhaps surprisingly backfired leaving a teen with severe burns i'm sending, I'm sending you this one to this fucking guy you there you see you sometimes you'll see these uh on instagram uh the inflammatory fiasco occurred on october 27th after an unnamed 18 year old went to a barber shop in india uh, he had go- He had gone to get an unconventional procedure called the fire haircut where hairdressers use fire instead of scissors to style a person 's hair like a cosmetically controlled burn. Unfortunately, the teens bakeover went up in smoke <laughs> in an accompanying what footage, is...
1: I can see the picture now Jesus Christ
0: the barber can be seen striking a match on a comb in a pr- in preparation for the hot headed haircut. However, things go south when a customer goes head goes into flames. all the superhero ghost rider. Um, The clip ends with the barber trying to uh, beat the boy's smoldering head with a towel, but to no (laughs) avail. (laughs) Ah. If you ever see these videos, these dudes just start like beating the shit out of their head to kind of put it out. But with all that moose and stuff, I think it's just, and your hair is just so flammable.
1: Moose. (laughs) You put a moose in your hair back (laughs) in like the 90s.
0: (laughs) The boy reportedly was left with severe burns in his neck and chest during this pyro ponytail. I have another story. I have another story this Go reminded on. me of. When I was in summer camp, my friends used to try to light their own farts. Oh, you yes. that? Yeah. 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 And this one friend of mine had really furry jeans that just came out of the dryer. Yeah. And his whole, he, he let up this light. I mean, it was like, was you know, you'd see people lighting farts and you really wouldn't think too much of it. Yeah. But this one was like, he had his legs over his head. I'm thinking about this fucking <laughs> asshole. He's got his legs over his head. He's got he's holding his lighter. He's sort of spreading it open, and he lets out this this ridiculous fart. And it's just like, and then this he, he engulfs his jeans oh. in fart fire. Oh. It was <laughs> fucking unbelievable. And I was like, I'm never gonna light my. I'm never gonna light a fart. This is people are this. so stupid. So stupid. I mean, yeah, um, I need
1: a haircut. I know what I'll do. I'll set fire to my head. <laughs>
0: oh, hey, Jesus. you know what? We don't you know what'll help? Maybe I'll fart on your head, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. uh, <laughs> a man stuck with a $70 bill for pay per view porn his dog accidentally ordered. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Should we should we read that one real quick? And then Go on, we, yeah, yeah. Um, talk about a horn dog. A, Cal, a North Carolina man was stuck with a hefty bill after his innocent-looking Bichon Frise ordered a pricey adult service on his. Owner's Satellite TV, the Mirror reported. The owner, Thomas Barnes... I don't know why they say their fucking names. I know, yeah, exactly. Total
1: humiliation.
0: (laughs) The owner, Thomas Barnes of of the Raleigh area, had to dispute a $70 charge with DirecTV after his literal horn dog, Marino, managed to order the Hustler channel back in 2019. Barnes' impression of the incident is that Marino had hopped on the bed and inadvertently hit the wrong buttons with his paws. Minutes later, the owner had an embarrassing phone call to make. Despite Barnes, a 58-year-old on Social Security disability at the time, has assured the, uh, was assured that the charge would be reversed. The Steamy Channel activate, uh, remained active. So he called again and again, no avail. So, he, so how did like, this
1: story get out? Did this guy phone up the newspaper to tell him yeah. his story? You're
0: like, never like... going to guess what happened to me. My dog <laughs> <Yeah>. ordered porn. <laughs> idiot. Absolutely idiot. <laughs> Uh, right. So I, I'm going to read day? you off a couple. The last Go one on. I would suggest would be uh, there's miss <laughs> there's missing grandma found in a huge python. There's cobra missing, bites wait, boy wait, a missing grandma found <laughs> yeah. a python. Yep. we need to hear that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, just let me, let me give you a few of them, and you make <laughs> okay. a decision. Okay. There's also co- cobra bites boy, and the boy bites the cobra back and kills the snake. There's the eight most disgusting jobs that people have to do. There's baby names that are reportedly banned in America and what to know. There's also womanly report, woman reports, uh, reportedly calls for Halloween decoration banned because keep out bathroom sign confused her. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last but not least is the mom, uh, mom is horrified after a cat comes home with anal beads in his mouth. (laughs) Ha ha. That's got to be the last one. That's got to be the last one. Go on, go on. Which yeah. one do you want? You I, want uh, one more, and then the anal beads, or you I, want? Uh, I, want missing... I, I want the grandma in a snake, and I want <laughs> oh, the anal okay, beads in a cat. Right. <laughs> this might not be as funny as I'm hoping it's going to be. Missing grandma was vanished. uh Missing grandma vanished after a walk. Fifty-four-year-old went for a walk in Indonesia to collect rubber in a nearby forest. Concerned, concerned, Ron. While we're laughing, it doesn't sound like it's going to get a real life thing. People do. (laughs) um, Concerned relatives reported her missing when she didn't return from the jungle. Search parties organized by locals began searching through the dense woods. Uh, Soon afterwards, residents and police stumbled on a seven-meter-long python with grandma (sighs) inside its swollen tummy. The massive, the mammoth python was spotted with this giant bulge in its belly. In a clearing among the trees while the uh while they were hunting. Uh, two days after her disappearance, the steak's stomach was sliced open and their worst fears were confirmed. Jesus the fifty year old grandma fifty I'm almost fifty four for Christ's sakes. I don't know why they say grandma. grandma. Maybe she was I mean I mean I, I, she's not old and feeble at fifty four. Let's hope. Jesus. Um missing grandma swallowed whole by the python.
1: Oh, that's terrible.
0: Uh, they found the girl the grand curled up inside the bloated snake before Uh, Both the snake and her were discovered in a blue tarpaulin sheet. Her body was largely intact. And her clothes, and so were clothes. Clothes were eaten. Clothes were there. So, that was terrifying yeah can you imagine okay cat with beads. Go <laughs> you got it big guy um, this this one comes from the daily record in the UK obviously uh, Rachel Masterson's um, kleptomaniac cat demo has become somewhat of a local celebrity for the random things he brings back as quote gifts for his owner a mum was left horrified after a caught cat brought home a sex toy leading to an awkward conversation with her 12 year old son <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Masterson's kleptomaniac cat demo has become somewhat of a local celebrity. Uh, the four-legged thief has previously dragged home gloves, a watering can, even floral tributes from the graveyard behind the home. Oh. However, the three-year-old pet recently stepped up his game when he came to the door, which what a, What appeared to be anal beads in his mouth. <laughs> Jesus. Rachel, who lives in Wales. Here you oh, go. This is well, Welsh we news. We Caldecott. Caldicott. is that sound? yes, yes. neighbor yeah not not yeah it's south wales yeah okay okay you made that all of a sudden i'm thinking maybe you know this woman uh who lives in south wales was left mortified she realized that the risque item was uh uh if she realized what it was and and the awkward questions from her son when he also spotted it as always um if it belongs to you just inbox me she says (laughs) So she could write notes saying, I found something of yours. Just let me know if it's yours. Rachel added, Demo's been bringing gifts home for the last couple of years. But on Monday, I was on the phone with my sister when he turned up at the door. First, I thought it was one of those car air freshener things. They <laughs> 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 opened it up. They showed my sister, and she, she picked it up. And her sister said, oh, Rachel, that's definitely not an air freshener. <laughs> it took me a minute once I realized what it was. I was absolutely horrified. Brilliant. I had my twelve-year-old son ask me what it was, and I was mortified. Miss Masters said, uh, "People stop me in the shop and ask if the cat's owner that if if I'm the cat's owner that steals everything." She's absolutely bonkers. Honestly, she's taken flower arrangements and cards from graveyards behind the house before. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Ah, so watch cats for you. What can you say? My right. other two cats, Bibble, three and Pepe. Just bring back the usual things like mice, whereas Demo gets the weirdest stuff. Bibble 3. So there's been mm-hmm. a Bibble 1 and 2 before. There's Bibble, uh, 3, and Pepe. Those oh, are the sorry. dog. Oh, those are the right. cat's names. Yeah. There's you. no yeah. way I can stop her. Everyone keeps saying that we should put a GoPro on her. You guess what you'll find. <laughs> no. No. I mean, no not, not you with the, the, the beads. I so. mean, let's just hope that she found. he just found those beads. He can just, like, take them off somebody. Pick you them out. I mean?
1: Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> With that, that's the show. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back stronger and 33% better with Morocco joining us again next week. Um, until then, speak to you then. Bye-bye. There we go. That was a good show. Was it was good. Was yeah,
0: all funny oh, stuff. I fucking love those shows.
1: Yeah. What have you been watching? What have you been uh, into?
0: I haven't been watching anything. I, uh... I tell you, how funny. I had uh, Ben uh, Camon on, Camon, Camon on, uh, mm. come, come on, come on, on uh, full blast, and I read Austrian weird stories. Mm. And the funny part was, is like every weird Austrian story, he'd already known. He knew all about it. <laughs> it was like there was one about this town called Fucking that they're stealing the signs, and there's this other one where the, the other one was about this guy who got a fine for farting in the direction of the police, and the police. <laughs> Didn't like that he farted at him. Ben knew all about it. Yeah. He's like Austria. It's not Austria much is news in Austria. Yeah, Austria is a very small state. We know all this stuff. It's a big yeah. news. So yeah. what am I been watching? I'm not watching anything.
1: I was forced into watching today the um, Harry and Meghan like, Netflix documentary. Um, is it which was actually brilliant? It was. Just is like, it oh, good? Wow. It is. It is. So they released um, three hours this week, and there's three hours next week. Um. It's, you know, it's it's all sort of you want them to say stuff really about the royal family, but they're not; they're just slagging off the media really. But um, I don't know. It's, it's it's quite sweet actually, their story, and you know, they seem genuine.
0: It's it's yeah. It's, Do you know yeah, it's that nice whole nice. weird thing with Pierce Morgan and and her? He's just a horrible shit anyway, and yeah, he's uh, yeah,
1: he's Didn't just got he, this thing against her. Well, and, he, yeah.
0: apparently, he tried to date her.
1: And really? she stood
0: They went on a date together, like that early, and she Ugh. just kind of like blew him off. Yeah. And ever since then, she, he's just been fucking crazy at her. It's like yeah. it's like totally unreasonable.
1: Yeah. And there's the whole thing, obviously, with the royal family as well with that, because he was the editor of one of the one of the biggest newspapers here in the UK, and. The royal family and and the media, there's this whole big thing that's been going on for years and years, where they've been, you know, tapping their phones, and getting spies in palaces, and all that kind of stuff. He's just he's just a horrible shit, you know. And yeah, it's very strange. Very dear Cyprus,
0: we apologize for the segment. <laughs> if you're <laughs> <from> Cyprus, yes, <laughs> yes, you're offended, yes. <laughs> you're offended by the segment, Cyprus. Sorry, man. He's still listening. He's still, he's listening. still listening. He's there. He's our yeah. boy. Our boyfriend Cyprus is still there. Yeah so let's call it a day and um yeah oh the, the biggest news of all time I mean it doesn't matter to you but uh the Yankees just paid uh, Aaron judge listen to this 360 million dollars for for not for te- for nine years a nine-year contract he's gonna make 40 million dollars a year to play baseball Jesus Christ that it is was crazy. the this is the biggest news this is the biggest news in New York right now everyone is like it, I mean it's like a ticker tape parade yeah yeah! Wow. I mean, it's like it's
1: like football. Football's on eighty million a year and stuff over here. Forty it's crazy.
0: million dollars a year, and now the Yankees now have three guys on the team who are all making over three hundred million dollars in their contracts. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's amazing. And then it's there's, a there's another million team dollars for three. Players. There was another team who was willing to pay four hundred million dollars for ten years, which only is it's just one, it's just adding one more year yeah, to the yeah. contract. Yeah.
1: But yeah. it's like. It's, it's the same it. over here with football or well, soccer players, as you'd call them. They're regularly on 60, 70 million a year. And that's just from the club. They also then get endorsements from right. you know, Nike or Adidas, or whoever it may be, which can easily match that as well. So they're on millions a week for playing 90 minutes a week.
0: The crazy thing they, is, is uh, I used mental. to be one of those guys who be like, oh, they should be paying teachers more. And I agree. Hmm. But like these people are generating so much money for the teams yeah they're yeah. just they have these incredible i mean it's like it's just exponentially growing and they all want to be the most paid and it is yeah. fascinating
1: yeah absolutely crazy we're in the wrong game <laughs> uh, i mean i'm
0: too old I mean, what, i'm 31 31 head of a 31 year old it said head of a 31 year old there we head go, go. that that's this
1: week's title head of a 31 year old oh,
0: there well. we go all right there you go
1: Okay, right. Good speaking to you. We should speak again next week. Um, Always look forward to it. Bye for now. Okay.
0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.